everyone. Welcome into Lunch Break Podcast, episode three. We are back with the boys from the office. What's up? What's up? What's going on? Steve and Casey. How are you, Christian? Pretty good. Uh, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Better Call Saul. We're going to be one of those podcasts where we think we know the answers to everything, but in reality, we just really enjoy a show that we can actually talk about once a week. For those of you that don't know, Better Call Saul was on last night. What was the date? Season 4 premiere. Episode um, 1, August 6th. 2018. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dead air. (laughs) (laughs) So, Casey, you said before the episode started that it was probably going to be a setup episode, and it kind of was. Um, Any opening thoughts? It was slow, but... I think it set the tone very, very well for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that Vince Gilligan always starts off his seasons as if it's just a setup to the season. I'm trying to think of all the premieres of from Saul and even Breaking Bad. There was never really an episode that was started off with a bang. It was this sort of, you know, let's regroup, you know, because most of the first episodes of each season take place right after the events of the last one. So it's a good refresher and it sort of gives you kind of a, a, a restart sort of feeling and uh it's funny how vince gilligan can do that and also still deliver a great episode i feel like every breaking bad premiere started with this scene and we'll talk about it in a second like where it's this mysterious opening scene of the future where you don't know what's going to happen and saul has done it every season with that black and white cinnabon open and uh last night was no exception yeah and i think that's something to this point like you said we expected and we knew it was coming and um, do I recall correctly that that black and white scene only happens once a season? Yes, it's usually the first episode of each season, and it's the opening scene. Yeah, so I think that's something that he knows the viewers want and need in a way. And mm-hmm. It's definitely, a, a like, for people who are obsessed with Breaking Bad, it gives you kind of like a, a glimpse into that world without actually going into it. I wonder if when he wrote that line in the last season of Breaking Bad where he's like, if I'm lucky, I'm going to be managing a cinema, if they knew that they would eventually be writing this story around it. At that time, it. Better Call Saul, I believe, was announced. So oh, it was? It was announced before Breaking Bad was over, but... I wonder if it was just kind of like, well, why not have him at a Cinnabon, you know? When you first heard that Better Call Saul was coming out, what were your initial thoughts? I thought, any way to stay in this universe, I'm in. But at the same time, too, I'm like, how are they going to make this character and a spinoff of the best show ever good? And, you know, the only person that can really deliver on that maybe is Vince Gilligan, the person that I wanted to have lunch with in the last Lunch Break podcast. See, it comes full circle. (laughs) I I was excited when it was first announced because, like Casey said, Breaking Bad was so iconic, and with the presumed ending of uh, Walt's death and just any way to keep us in this world, but I think the biggest excitement factor of Better Call Saul's announcement originally was, I believe they right away signed on for five seasons. So, Or just as long as Vince Gilligan wanted to go. Yeah, Yeah, so heads are spinning on really how... And it's probably going to happen on how these worlds will and these storylines will end up uh, crossing. Uh, the question real quick then. You brought up the Cinnabon line at the end of Breaking Bad. If they didn't know that they were going to be do, doing a Better Call Saul show, how would have Saul's character ended in Breaking Bad? Do you think it would have been still one of this? like Because like, Breaking Bad did do a great job of thinking that everyone was going to die and not a lot of people did. Just a couple. Yeah. So would Saul have died? Would the ending been the same? I don't know. I think it could have been the same. Yeah. It's kind they, of a solid ending. They left it kind of open-ended. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. Like, 
if you do take a world where Better Call Saul doesn't exist, like, he is. He's, he's the lawyer that's going to know more than you and know how to maneuver around uh, the law, you know? So. Until last night's episode. Who was that guy? So, in the yeah, taxi? The guy in the about? taxi. Spoilers here, right? We have to announce that. Well, so, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a spoiler podcast for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, just a warning. Uh, Everyone dies at the end. So when Saul <laughs> gets into this taxi, well, first of all, he has the heart attack. Mm-hmm. Well, not the heart attack. That was the opening of last season. Right. Yeah. He gets taken away in the stretcher. And oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Didn't they have another black and white scene at the end of the third season? Or am I I'm making that they up? They might have them. It's just the first episode, right? They might have them in the finale, didn't they? <sighs> I don't know. The, th- the thing is, I haven't watched the other seasons in so long. I digress. But yeah. So anyway, he leaves the hospital. First of all, there's this kind of uh, tense scene where the nurse can't get his ID or social security number to go through. That I love that part because when he's reading um, his uh, social security number um, to the uh, desk attendant, he said, oh, oh. And before she called herself out for actually typing O's, I was, like, this is the beauty of Vince Gilligan. I was saying to myself, like, wow, when I say numbers, I kind of say O2 instead of zero. And it was just kind of an afterthought, not thinking it was even going to affect the line. For me, I was still thinking, like, oh, shit, his social security number's fake. It's not going to come up. Do you think Jimmy did that on purpose? Say O so, like, she doesn't write zero? I don't know. Like, was he just trying to buy time? I, think, I don't think no, so. No, I think it was a mistake. I think the whole point of the scene was to, like, make you think he could get caught at any time. Yep. And I think that's kind of what I was just trying to get at is that saying O instead of zero is such maybe a common thing that so many people do and you don't think of. And Vince Gilligan knows that. He knows it. <laughs> and, and he wanted like like exactly what Christian just said. So speaking of that, right after that, he goes into the cab. Right. And the driver is giving him looks. How? All right. So Vince Gilligan, he, he has a track record for saying that we don't like to mess around. We're not going to pull these random things out of nowhere yeah. and have these like chance encounters. Sometimes it just has to happen. But this guy picks him up, taxi. Is this guy someone that we should be worried about? Because the guy in the scene is actually a pretty well-known actor. He's in the show The Deuce. It's the guy played by Don Harvey. Um, and so when he's given that look, I thought maybe he was a part of Breaking Bad. We saw the Albuquerque little keychain thing. Yeah. Like, my, my question yeah. is, who is coming after him? So, why would somebody want him? It'd be the DEA? At the or? end of Breaking Bad, they're running away from who? They're running away from Uncle the Jack DEA. or the DEA. Weren't they running away from the the crazy guys that killed Hank? They were running away from that, but at the same time, too, I remember the vacuum cleaner guy was even saying, like, you know, I never had a client as hot as you, and that's usually because mm. everyone is looking for him. And Saul, he mentioned something about Saul being like, no one's looking as much for you, but, you know, you still need to disappear. So, Is it well-known knowledge at that point at the end of Breaking Bad that Saul was helping Walter White? Um, I would also say that he was connected enough where there, there will be evidence that comes out. They're going to find something, which leads me to believe that one episode I'd love to get from Better Call Saul, and it would be such a Vince Gilligan move, is if they did do a post-Breaking Bad episode but it had nothing to do with any of the characters that we know. Hmm. It's the media. It's the other DEA agents who maybe like are, you know, Hank's 
the person that replaced Hank. That'd be yeah. pretty. You wild. know, like, and it's just an, a filler episode or an episode of all these questions that we have of what happened after. And maybe we see Skylar. Maybe we see. Do we Marie. have an end date for the show? Do they know which season will be the last? They renewed next season. I thought I've have never heard more than five, but like Casey said, they... don't you think now though that this show, those the rate it's going, it could yeah. go seven yeah. if they really wanted. I don't know if Vince Gilligan would want to do that. What do? What else would he want to do? This is the best ending, job he's ever had. But the, but the best thing he ever did was end Breaking Bad at five. You know why though? Because that show had a finite ending. People were like, "What's the ending going to be? What's the ending going to be?" I feel like with this show, people don't aren't like clamoring for the ending scene. Yeah, they want it just to keep going, and we want to yeah. see more Breaking Bad stuff. And I think I think Better Call Saul also has more outlets. I mean, the show's named after Saul Goodman, but something we alluded to last night while we were watching is one of our favorite storylines, and it's almost a uh, a plethora of storylines is the Mike Ehrman trope and yeah. how big of a character he's really become. I prefer his story. Uh, at least I did in the first few seasons well his i would say you know in terms of iconic episodes of the show it's hard to pick just one because i don't think it's that kind of show but yeah the first episode that they ever had of saul where i was like this show is going to be amazing is the first episode of mike's backstory in season one which ep- was that episode two that was episode five i think okay and it was about learning where he came from in philadelphia and the tragedy of his son and right. him getting revenge and all this stuff and then his whole emotional scene with his son's wife yeah about like you know I broke my boy. The I just episode, think that, that episode was, got him the Emmy, basically. Sure did. And so. he deservingly so. And he had the best fake-out scenes in last night's season four premiere with the bicycle. Like, we were all like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah. It looked like Walter White. Like, yeah. Like Walter White's twin. They did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. They totally, it was like a throwback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, like, with Mike, too, I, I think he's been the anchor between the Jimmy story and the Breaking Bad world that we all want as fans. Yeah. Yeah, I love Mike's story. Um... Steve, you always said that you liked Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad. Yeah, I do. I I think it's because uh, it's it's got a little more satire in it, you know. Um, there's no, at least to this point, characters that are really frustrating to uh, That's a good point. view. Um, and I'm alluding to Skyler from Breaking uh, Bad. Ah, Skyler. <laughs> that was kind of the point of her character, though. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. You're right, but um, no, and I and I think the fact that we can bounce around from, you know, I'll say this. I don't think Better Call Saul could have been better, in my opinion, without Breaking Bad. If well, that yeah, makes sense because, sure. like, say Better Call Saul did come out first, oh, I might not feel the same. I think. It's the excitement of knowing we're still in that universe. How, yeah, yeah. How are all these things eventually going to come together? So I think it'd be cool to hear from someone who watches Better Call Saul who never saw Breaking Bad, and and whether or not they feel like it's still as good. Yeah, well, they're missing yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think too. Um, what's refreshing, as you said about character, is in the very beginning, in the first season, I was like thinking a lot about the Howard character at the law firm, and with Chuck, you know, like Chuck. He was a character that you were you kind of hated, but you also sympathized with him because he had a mental illness. You know, you saw his backstory. You related to him as a human. There was a lot of sadness there, and and you understand that a brother relationship can never be perfect for the two of them. But with Howard, I honestly thought he was going to become this villain, and yeah. it was going to be Jimmy versus Howard in a courtroom. But instead, Howard's become a sympathetic figure that, quite frankly, just wanted to be a good lawyer and really, really like sympathized and idolized yeah. Chuck. Yeah. I still think that Chuck 
made Saul Saul. I mean, he made Jimmy Saul, basically. Yep, I agree. And if you go back to the flashback episodes in the last season where it shows uh, Jimmy passing the bar, but Saul still, I mean, uh, Chuck still doesn't want him to become a lawyer. It's the same thing. Like, Jimmy tried to better his life, and it's almost like Chuck brought him back down. I would also, he held him down. I would yeah. agree with that, too. I'd also say when we saw the episode, it was way back when we saw Jimmy as a kid and how he, like, kind of bankrupt his dad's convenience store. Remember that whole scam? Yeah. I think there's something there, too, about how this was a troubled kid, and he didn't have anyone, like, kind of helping him out to fix him because everyone he was Chuck was the golden boy and Jimmy was the afterthought Chuck could have been that person though and he wasn't he wasn't slipping Jimmy he was definitely immature and he did some bad things but I mean I don't think deep down he would have turned out to be a uh, a felony committing criminal if it wasn't for Chuck it's interesting it really is a story of two brothers trying to get the love the most from their parents and the episode where their mom passes away and her mom's last words are Jimmy and you can just <laughs> see Chuck's face of jealous and anger yep. that all these that little things intense. are adding up to Chuck just turning Jimmy into like you said slipping Jimmy maybe because no matter what Jimmy did no matter the, what bad thing he did the mother still preferred Jimmy over Chuck even though Chuck graduated high school at 14 which yeah. we found out last night in Howard's uh, obituary it's, it's which crazy. is pretty kind of a funny scene actually I think um real yeah. quick back to the me preferring Better Call Saul over Breaking Bad thing. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one thing that's also so much stronger about Better Call Saul is in Breaking Bad, for character development majorly, you had Walt, obviously, and Jesse. But a lot of character development outside of them were very um, secondary, complementary characters. Mm. Whereas in... Better Call Saul, you're getting character development out of all the major characters. It's a good point because I think Walt, like Breaking Bad is Walter White's story. And anytime he's on screen, he's just, I mean, maybe you had Gus at some point where you wanted to see his backstory. But yeah, like you said, there wasn't a lot of episodes dedicated to I think just even, anyone but Walter Jesse. I think, I think Je- yeah, Jesse would be your secondary main character. But even with him, he, his story was always based around, he was sort of a pawn in Walt's game. Yeah, but where this, like you said, like you could do an episode of just Mike, of just Gus, of just even Kim, who is or Nacho too, or Nacho, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even we're getting more Gus in Better Call Saul than we did in Breaking Bad. We also haven't gotten him. We haven't gotten a Gus episode yet, though. They've done. They've been very careful with that, and I think they're saving it for through the perspective of Jimmy. Once Jimmy joins or Saul, whenever he gets to the point where we know at some point he'll join Gus's crew, like I think we're gonna get. Some sort of Gus, because I know Vince Gilligan always talked about wanting to do a Gus backstory, but he's too old now. Yeah. He doesn't want anyone playing him besides Giancarlo. So Yeah, a Gus backstory would have been awesome, because there's so much there. What do you think that would have been? Because he talked about how, uh, didn't Hank say something back in Breaking Bad to Gus about how there were no records of him before a certain year? Yeah, because Gus was Chilean. He's from Chile, I yeah. think. And uh, it would be really cool to see how he went from being... You know, kind of this, like Chilean immigrant to like a drug lord. Yeah, basically. Not, not to mention too, we're watching an episode, a show where there's Salamanca in it, and Gus is kind of playing this game, but nobody realizes that Gus is still playing the long game yeah. of revenge yeah. for killing his partner back in the day. That's true. Yeah, it's really fascinating to see that now. Yeah, that episode was great where they they killed his partner. You're kind of that flashback to Mexico. I, I don't remember what season it was. It definitely humanized. You know, what is the biggest drug lord? 
Well, it's kind Walter of White. I said this last night. It's kind of similar to Game of Thrones, where like the characters are so complex. Like you don't hate them outright or like them outright. There's like so many layers to them, uh, except for Skyler. I feel like. <laughs> but, I, again, I, I would say the the one defense I'll have of Skyler is that she was not the best wife. And because of that, it allowed Walt and viewers to justify all the bad things that Walt did. But she wasn't bad yeah. enough. Yeah, she was just not that great of a wife. Yeah. And instead, everyone thinks that she's the monster. And that's just kind but of But imagine what... being in her shoes, too, you know? Oh, Your yeah. yeah crazy. Like, I'm pretty sure becoming a meth dealer <laughs> is like a, okay, I think everything that I've done doesn't compare to what you're doing. And he <laughs> mur- murdered all those people. Right there. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I got a question about Gus, um, since we were just talking about him. Uh, taking it to last night's episode, the scene where Gus has one of his men um, track mm. uh, Nacho, the box cutter kid. Where yeah. does where does Gus's suspicion of Nacho originate from, and why does he care so much when he hates Salamanca? I would say Gus is on to everything, and he doesn't probably know what he's doing yet. So that's probably like, hey, what? Why is this guy? Let's check him out. Right, yep. and not to mention, remember, Gus wants to kill Salamanca, and he's not going to let anybody take that away from him. Plus, anybody. I think it's not the right time for Gus. Oh, he, I mean, he would be the wrong play. Salamanca yeah. still has too much power. Yeah, Gus doesn't have the same power that he does in Breaking Bad. You know, not to mention, I'm sure Gus loves the fact that Salamanca is going to have a stroke. Yeah, <laughs> he knows exactly where he's going to be. In fact, maybe Nacho gets rewarded for that. So, what happened? Did did the pills do it, or did he actually have a stroke? I think they were the pills. Were to keep whatever he his problems are in check to prevent him from having a stroke, and I think Nacho just filled him with placebo, yeah, it was like placebo. sugar pills or something. Oh, okay, that makes well, more he sense. He wasn't taking his real medicine. Yeah, it wasn't poison. Wasn't poison. So I will say it's the pretty stupid crime. of him. The one thing I said like last night and great, great episode. He parked in the middle of a bridge and stood and looked over the water and then threw it all out. You're yeah, telling fully. me that he couldn't have found a dark wood or something? Drive in out nowhere? in the desert and well, bury it. You know what I mean? Like, it was a little too contrived for someone to spot him. I, I, I agree there, but he he had something on his cars, on his person. Because remember the guy, the, the henchman, had like a little device that showed him where Nacho was. This so he had a tracker track on oh, yeah. Did wait, Nacho know that he had a tracker on uh, I mean, probably no. not. No. I would hope well, not. well, I'm just saying, like, then. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's a good point. All is, right, is I'll, I'll give you that. Victor? Okay. Is that his name? The guy that gets his Victor, throat yeah. slit? Yeah. Victor? Yeah, yeah. I agree the scene was weird, though, because he looked at the pills like... Like, it, does it matter? Like, he's been trying to get rid of these. He was ready to drop it down a drain. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to go on a bridge and look at him as if it means anything. That was the only part I was like, all right, the we're setting something up. pills and the bottle both float. They're both just going to float down the river. I know. I don't know if it matters. If, if they open up it. on the scene where it's, it's floating down the river, I'll be like, Ugh. Maybe they are. Remember the opening of Breaking Bad where it was just the bear in the pool for like five episodes and you're like, what yeah, the hell's going on? That, that they, so the one thing, the, the storylines and the way that Vince Gilligan likes to reveal things I think is fascinating just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, kind of like you said with the pink bear and Saul's black and white story. And I think to me like the show will really truly end once that black and white becomes color, right? There, that will become a colored episode, and then that will be either the last episode of the show or the first episode of the last season. Yeah, or... e- either this season or next season. Probably, well, I should say the last season. I think the last season, like, you either yeah, it's either going to turn to color or you're going to get a large amount of scenes from that that environment. I mean, I know they have characters getting older, so they can't have 10 seasons, but what's the rush right now? But do you think there's a possibility that the last season of Better Call Saul is all post-Breaking Bad? 
No, I would say that we're going to get within the time frame of Breaking Bad, and we're going to see side stories. Yeah. I mean, it has to be there at one point. It already is. Yeah. It's not far off, because it's right now, I mean, in the episode last night, or I'm sorry, in the third season at the very end, when Kim is at Blockbuster, we saw a movie that was for rent called Darkness Falls, and that came out in 03, and I think that's Gilligan kind of saying, hey, this takes place about five years before... So break break about is what oh seven that's when it started seven oh eight yeah yeah so I mean we're still far away but at the same time too like who's to say that something isn't going to happen this season where there is a time jump or who do you think the first big character is that we'll see and then we've seen Gus but do you think we'll see Hank so Hank we'll knows Saul he's mentioned that in Breaking Bad so I think that bef- the next the first huge oh my god character we'll see in Saul is probably going to be Hank and it will be a casual like. I don't know. In a weird way, he'll be taking a dump and coming out and laughing. You know, he'll still be the jokester. He hasn't become the hero yet. I so. wonder if, like, we'll see that famous Walter White Aztec car, like, driving in the background or something, too. I mean, Just, like, little Easter eggs. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of another. How about, would, yeah, Jesse, maybe. But, well, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, because didn't, didn't Jesse know Saul? Yeah, but he's too old now, so he'll be in the post. I mean, come yeah. on. He's a criminal you, lawyer. Clean, clean shaven, some makeup. I don't know. He looked old. Lose when, some weight. When they did the flashback of him at the last season of Breaking Bad, he looked too old to be Jesse post or pre season one. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's that's it's what hard. happens, you know. Yeah, I think M- Mike looks exactly the same. He does. He does not age. They, it's crazy. They made Paul Walker's brother look like Paul Walker. So I think they could. Just... If he also didn't say any lines and. <laughs> We have the face. technology. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you could do that, but then, <laughs> then again, though, they're coming out with that movie next year, The Irishman, where they're going to have De Niro and Pacino play forty-year versions of themselves. So, wait, they're supposed to be that old in that movie? No, they're going to have them old, and then they're going to CGI their faces to make them look young. Oh, God. Oh, wow. So there is the technology. There is. Is that a Netflix movie? Yeah. All right, I'll see it. Speaking of Netflix, though, uh, um, Bob Odenkirk was saying that with if Netflix came out two years later. Breaking Bad may have not have happened because that Netflix saved the show. Yeah. So it's interesting now that Netflix saved the show that we watch now and enjoy the fact there only is one episode a week. I wonder if they'll start. That's a mindfuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wonder if they'll start because it takes a while for these seasons to get on Netflix. Do you think they'll eventually start putting them like up right away, like have these deals with Netflix? I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe it, anything's possible, but I think you see now it's like once we're within, a, say, a two to three week window of a new season, that's when the previous season comes out because they're like, okay, that gives people just enough time to miss what they watched, rewatch what they want to watch, and be ready for premiere night. Yeah. I do like these once a week shows. Every it's nice. Now we're then. talking about one episode. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I love when, you know, there's certain shows on Netflix, there are certain shows on Hulu that you want to binge. I mean, some of these amazing documentary murder series, you're like, we got to watch the next episode, we got to watch the next episode. But I think about Stranger Things. Can anyone talk about one episode from Stranger Things? Can anybody no. talk about one episode of House of Cards? Correct me if I'm so. wrong, but uh, Handmaid's Tale, they don't do they all do once, once right? Yeah, yeah, they do once a week on Hulu. And I think that model is working. I'm in the middle of the second season, I'm catching up, and that's the kind of show that after one or two episodes, my wife and I are like, we just need to digest that. Yeah, you want to binge that. Yeah, 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 you know? Should we uh, get to this last scene from last night? I mean, if you have a cross to bear, I mean, <laughs> that was that was brutal. That it, was it literally to me, and I texted my sister this this morning. It was almost like Jimmy's only sorrow 
was because in some way he didn't know what Chuck's last thoughts were. He didn't know if he impacted this in some way. And when he heard um, what Hamlin told him, it was like a light switch. He's like, okay, it's not my fault. So it's almost like Jimmy wasn't necessarily sad that Chuck was dead. He was feeling guilt that it was his fault. It was almost like he cared more about himself in that moment than Chuck's actual death. I I mean, if you remember some of the things that happened in the third season, like the chicanery episode when Chuck is on trial and Jimmy's trying to destroy him. I mean, because... This is finally a time where, like, you know, Chuck, no, he did not care about his mental illness because maybe, I mean, he did. He was always there for him to a certain point. But the idea of Jimmy caring about Chuck, the person, you're right. I think it, those days were over. And now he gets to kind of be free from that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like a weight off his shoulders yeah. that Chuck is gone. That, that smirk in the fish tank, like. So it's funny. I think about the last episode of season five of Breaking Bad, part one, when Hank found out about Walt on the toilet. Such a like a non like a casual way yep. to find out about the biggest twist of the story. Yeah, is the whole twist now that Saul becomes Saul just one line and a look at a fish? Honestly, I may be completely fabricating this, but does Saul have a fish tank in his office in Breaking Bad? Mm, he might. Yeah, I don't remember it being significant if he had one. But but could, I'm just saying could be like, an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to go watch uh, we the should, we should 70 go episodes of Breaking Bad. And yeah, find really. That. I mean, I could totally go back and watch Breaking Bad again. I kind of do, just like every once in a while. Just some of them. And that's the thing, too, I think about a show like these is that there are certain episodes that you can rewatch over and over. And I think because we have a whole week to discuss, it's like Game of Thrones. Like, there are 10 iconic episodes. There's 12, maybe. Yeah. And that's what I love about these shows. You get one, even a filler episode for season four, episode one. We're talking about it. You know? It's crazy, too, because these shows take a year, a year and a half break if your Game of Thrones two years. But people still come back and watch it. Can you imagine, like, when Lost was on, if they had taken a year and a half break between seasons? It would have got lost. It also would probably have been a better show. <laughs> yeah, and, that's true. And 24 episodes in a season is just too much. I mean, I think these work because creators are saying, like, if you want the best shows, you want the best content, and AMC, like, if you want... There are other company, you know, stations that will pick us right up, and anybody would watch us. Nobody cares. Yeah, would we at 12? Yeah, if you want us, give yeah. us our time, and we want 10 episodes. That's it. I heard you know? interviews with the Lost creators when they were, like, they went to the, to the network and were basically like, we can't do 24 episodes. Like, it's impossible for us to write this. So that's why Lost kind of shortened it. So I think it's good that there's only 10, 12 episodes Yeah, and like season three of Lost, that's when you got that episode with the screenplay with the two random people. Oh my God. Uh, uh, what's it called again? I totally forget. Espionage or something? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, you're just like, you know, that's that's the, the casualty of having Mickey somebody. and Paolo. It's, it's how I felt about the show 24, too. Like they were stuck. They had to make 24 episodes because it was called 24. And if you didn't do that, it's like, I don't know, maybe just do 12. And they did that in the miniseries. It's almost so. like shows are no longer, shows like, Saul and Breaking Bad Game of Thrones are no longer looking for like the mass audience anymore. It's like they're okay with having a small loyal audience. I think too what it does for networks like AMC is AMC unfortunately like screwed up Walking Dead and people still watch it yeah. but they have their their mammoth show that they can get the ratings and their money and they still make money on Better Call Saul and all the merchandise and Breaking Bad people rewatch it and all that yeah. stuff and Netflix pays AMC for all the shows to stream on there but they can go on 
you know, they can, they can tell other creators, like, hey, we have the best show on TV. Yeah. We have this. You better come to us and make your show. We'll let you do what we want. I feel like AMC execs might be a little nervous once Walking Dead and Better Call Saul oh, end. Screwed. Because I don't think people are going to come back to AMC anymore. they got to find another show. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the beauty of the world that we live in now as consumers and as viewers now and creators. We're, we're allowed to kind of find anything anywhere. And there are so many people that are just craving for the next big show that they're looking for it. There's too much, there's too much content out there. There's a, that's a problem, too. For sure. There's not enough. I mean, people tell me, watch this show, watch that show. I'm like, that's like seven straight days of TV yeah. that I need to watch. I think Netflix needs to cool it with their original programming. Oh, it's just like constant every yeah, day. It's, it's definitely getting saturated. Um, so what's everyone looking forward to for the rest of the season? The Better Call Saul season. What's your number one? I want to see more of the Nacho story develop. I really like the Nacho story a lot. So by far, not my favorite character, but... My biggest thought is Kim Wexler going to become the femme fatale that Breaking Bad did not have. Or is she going to just die off? I think a twist that would be really cool is besides her dying off, who's to say they're not still together during Breaking Bad? We never saw Saul's personal life. That might be a cool twist. The other thing I'm looking forward to the most, and maybe this is just so obvious, is I want the moment where Jimmy and Mike's story come back and cross paths. And the moment, what is it going to take? Because we know that in the trailers that uh, Jimmy is looking for work. He wants to be the lawyer. But what is going to be the moment where, like, Gus finds him and says, be my lawyer? Like, yeah. what, what yeah. is gonna, yeah. what's that going to take? When does he get that famous office with the Constitution in the background? <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm looking forward to. I feel like to. that's, like, going to be the last shot of a season, either this season or next season. Where, he like, just, like, walks in. He's like, okay. Yeah. And it just, like, ends. And he brings the secretary back. That's yeah, because she's in, she's in Breaking Bad. And then we get to see Bill Burr, hopefully, his little henchman there. I could see him coming back. I and, mean, he wasn't yeah. doing the Comic-Con panel for no reason. He talks about it on his podcast all the time. He's like, I would love to go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they already brought Huel back, so. Oh, was Huel? Yeah, Huel was in That's it. That's right, yeah. I forgot yeah. about Huel. Yeah. All right, well, uh, any closing thoughts on our last 10 seconds of this podcast? Um, R.I.P. Chuck, thank you for three great seasons, but now I'm kind of excited to see the storylines beyond that backstory. Yeah, thanks for listening to the Lunch Break Podcast today, and tune in for more. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show.